Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. He's worthy of all the praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, musicians. Our speaker today is the presiding bishop of Living Water and Restoration Bible Churches Worldwide. He's an international conference speaker. He has authored several books, among them, Invading the Babylonian System and the Mystery of the Altar. He's married to Bibiana Mwanzanwaka, blessed with four granddaughters and six grandchildren. He's senior pastor of the Prophetic Powerhouse in Kitwe, Zambia, and really stands in the office of an apostle and the prophetic office. I've known this man since 1989 when we met in Cameroon. We were preaching together there as guest speakers. And when he preached, I fell in love with him. When I preached, he fell in love with me. And we exchanged details, but for several years, we never really got to connect as much. Until several years later, we were both preaching in Malawi, in Blantyre, with Bishop Mbewe, and with Apostle Mbewe. And he was preaching a powerful sermon about the, the altar. And he was talking about that whole topic, as you've seen here in what we've introduced about the mystery of the altar. When I heard that sermon, God moved me. Uh, Bishop, for your information, uh, it birthed in me the, the, the morning prayer that we have now in our church. When I came back from there, we started the morning prayer, five o'clock in our church, and uh, of course about other prayers that we've always had. And I asked him to come and visit our church. Usually when he comes to preach like today, I tell him, you pray and see what God tells you to preach. But on that occasion, I said, no, you don't need to pray. I'll tell you what to preach. Come and preach about the mystery of the altar. And what an incredible time we had in the Lord. What I like about him is that he preaches God's word. He's fully given, fully yielded to preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so today, again, ladies and gentlemen, in this grand finale, second half service, Let's welcome a servant of the Lord, Bishop Bernard Noaka. Come on, everybody! Hallelujah. Praise be to God. It's awesome to see what God is doing here. We are grateful to God to see thousands of people giving their lives to Jesus. Come on, let's give a clap offering to God for that. To me, that's the highest thing. To me, that is the greatest thing that has happened when we can see souls marching to Jesus. Please, let's put our hands 
let's just stand up and honor God for the souls that have come to know him. Let's put our hands together. Hallelujah. The Bible says there is great joy in heaven when just one sinner gets saved. You may be seated. Bishop, my covenant brother and friend, I love you so much. We love you so much. We honor you and we honor the grace and the gift that God has given to the body, to the continent of Africa. You are such a blessing, so focused, sold out for Jesus. By the way, we have so many things that we share in common. <laughs> uh, we, we gave our lives to Jesus Christ the same year. Same year. Let me not go into that. Tell your neighbor, relax. Now follow the instructions. Tell your right neighbor, relax. Tell your left neighbor, the neighbor on your left, tighten your seatbelt. We are about to take off. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the open heavens. Thank you for your presence. We thank you for what you have done. We are fulfilled. We are satisfied. We are grateful to see the thousands of souls commit themselves to God. Thank you for the grace that you have given to your servant, Bishop Musa Sono. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me to Second Samuel. It becomes very easy when the apostle has already brought the word. He has already labored. So let me just flow. Second Samuel 21 verse 1. During the reign of David, there was a famine. For three successive years. So David sought the face of the Lord. The Lord said, It is on account of Saul and his blood stained house. It is because he put the Gibeonites to death. I'm sharing on Jesus our hope.
For your own information, servant of God, I had already prepared a message. And I was meditating on that message for several days and weeks. But last night, midnight, the Lord woke me up and he told me, that's not what you're sharing. I jumped out of the bed midnight and I began, I was weeping before the Lord and I was prostrate before the Lord. So the word that I bring to you to, to today, I did not choose to bring it. I have been commanded to bring it. So I pray that you will listen very attentively. Because that's how I prophesy. I prophesy from the word of God. So listen attentively as an individual and as a family. But listen as a nation. Here is King David. A man called after God's own heart. A man that has been prepared by God. A man that had been anointed by the prophets. Samuel. A man God had been dealing with for years. You know the story. Saul had been rejected. And then God chose the man after his own heart. There is no doubt that David has been called, chosen, selected. Such that even Jesus Christ, when he comes, he is called the son of David. However, when he began to reign as king, it was not as expected. As anticipated. One would expect a man that is anointed, a man that is called, a man that has been chosen by God, everything in the nation to be smooth. But there was famine in the land. Ladies and gentlemen, what arrests me 
it is not that it's not only that there was famine in the land what arrests me it is the following sentence for three successive years I believe the first year David said it is a climate change. I believe the second year David might have said what is going on. Because all the people are now looking to you. The third year, David said, there is something wrong here. David says, I, I, I refuse to accept the status quo. There is something wrong here. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, we have accepted the status quo. There are things in our nation that we have accepted we were not supposed to accept. Not only in the nation, not only in the nation, but in your life. Could it be there are certain things that are happening successfully year after year after year and you have accepted but I came to let you know and I came to prophesy and I came to decree this nonsense must stop there is something in your life that must be brought to an end What is it that is repeating itself in your life continuously? What is it that is repeating itself in your family? What is it that is repeating itself in the nation? And it has become a lifestyle. We have accepted it. What is it that you have accepted as part of your life? Is it sickness that you have accepted? Is it barrenness because you have been barren for a long time? Because you have been sick for a long time? Is it oppression? You have somehow accepted it. 
Is it poverty? Is it incomeless? Is it that spirit, that demon, that spirit that calls itself husband? Is it that spirit that calls itself wife to you? What is it that has been harassing you? That somehow, somehow you have suffered for many, many years. But I came to let you know, Jesus is our hope. What is it? What have we accepted as part of our nation? It has become a lifestyle. Have we accepted a family? Is it an employment that we are saying we are going to live with it for years? Is it the murders, the crime, the reps, all the defilements, the poverty, and the corruption? Have we come to accept it as a nation, as a norm, the status quo? David, after three years, he said no. Today, it's the third day, the resurrection day. We are saying no. Are you saying no? Shout with me. Are you saying no? Are you saying no? He said no. Do you know, sir, my bishop, time doesn't change things. I was wondering, where was David when it just first happened? Why didn't he say no the first year? Why didn't he say no the second year? Why didn't he say no the third year? And ladies and gentlemen, if he hadn't said no on the third year, it would have gone on to the fourth year, to the fifth year, to the sixth year, to the seventh year. Because the man who was going to stop this was not God, it was David. And David chose, I am going to God. I'm going to inquire of God. I am going to inquire of God. Enough is enough. I came to preach and to prophesy to somebody here. I may not have come to everybody here, for everybody, but there is a man, there is a woman in this stadium who is saying enough is enough. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. When we reach the stage, enough is enough. We go to the Lord because Jesus is our hope. Jesus is the hope of the world. He went to God to inquire. Powerful. 
I know many people have told you that with time, things will change. And I came to tell you, with time, things will go worse. Unless you stop it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Unless you stop it. We are not gathered here by accident. We are gathered here by God. And the hand of God is in this place. God is bringing to an end that which you had accepted as part of your life. That which we had accepted as a nation. And we have got many explanations. We can explain why certain things. We try to explain the unemployment. We try to explain the murders, the reps, the defilements, the poverty, and the corruption. There is a way we explain so that people somehow accept it. But I said, I want somebody who agrees with this word from the Lord to shout with me and say, enough is enough. Enough is enough. Until my sister, my brother, you come to that point. Your neighbor may have accepted it, but not you. Your brother may have accepted it, but not you. Your dad or whoever, your relative may have accepted it. And they want you to accept a situation which you are not supposed to accept. You alone know the pain, the depression, the harassment, the torment that you are going through. Mm. Why wait until next year? Why push God to tomorrow? Is he not a God from everlasting to everlasting? Is he not a God of yesterday, today, and forever? Why should things get better tomorrow? Why not now? David decided to inquire of the Lord. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may have help in our time of need as a nation, in your time of need as a family, in your time of need as an individual, let us boldly, confidently draw to the throne of grace. Oh, I came to tell somebody, your help is here. Your help 
is here. Your help is here. Because Jesus lives. As it is written in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. He ever lives to intercede for them. God is able to save, to heal, to deliver to the utmost. Because Jesus ever lives to intercede for you and I. Let's draw. Let's draw. I came to tell somebody there is hope for your life. There is hope for your future. There is hope for your marriage. There is hope for your family. There is hope for your children. There is hope for this nation. Inquired of the Lord. And I want to conclude or to end with the response of God. How does God respond? I'm doing something, don't mind. How does God respond? I think you can see what I'm holding in my hands. This is what, this is how God responds to David. Let me demonstrate example, only example. My protocol man, please come. Just for the example. May you sit on the chair. Everyone say, example, example. Everybody tell your neighbor, it's just an example. Because you will not forget this message. This is how God says to David, who cannot understand. He is called of God. It is God who has anointed him. It is God who has put him on the throne. But things are not working in his kingdom, in the nation of Israel. He's saying, Lord, did you call me to preside over a nation full of poverty, famine? Am I not a man after your own heart? I refuse, Lord, if other presidents, if other leaders, if other people have accepted famine and poverty, Lord, where is the testimony that you are king, you are God over Israel? There is something wrong. Lord, please talk to me. How I pray. How I pray, how I pray that God will raise leaders on the continent of Africa who will not trust in their political instincts, who will not trust in their education, who will not trust in their political science, who will be able to come before God and inquire God for the nations. 
for the nations. I pray that God will raise prophets. I mean genuine prophets. I mean genuine fathers. I mean genuine prophets. I'm not talking about men and women who are moving in divination. There is a lot of divination and we are calling it prophetic. And people can no longer distinguish what is divination from revelation. What the Sangomas are doing, that's what the preachers are doing. Only that they have robes and they are using the name of Jesus. But I came to tell you, time is coming when the Lord Jehovah God will draw a line of distinction between the servants of God who are serving God genuinely it's a pity we are losing my bishop we are losing young men young ministers because we do not have so many models like God has raised you to be a model one of the models in Africa and in your country so many young men they want to draw crowds like this and they do not know that Bishop Musa son has been serving God for 40 years. They do not know that Bishop Musa Sono never started this work with his wife Gege. They have paid the price. Now they, the young ministers of today, they want power, power. You see it on the social media, you see it on the internet. Now men of God, the so-called men of God are using power to perform. you are different you are different I say you are different you are blessed to be under such a covering of a man and woman of God who have walked with God for years and years who love God passionately and who stay in the Word. I was talking to my brother, I was so blessed when he told me, my brother, do you know that in the crowds, the people who have come, the majority are youths, young men and young women. Then I said, there is hope for Africa. There is hope for Africa. There is hope for South Africa. When the Lord called him, I don't know when he called him, when he gave his life to Jesus. I don't know whether he was 17 or he was 17 years. He was 17 years. He began to preach, I believe, when he was 22, somewhere there. Because we share many similarities. At the 
age of 15, he had an encounter with God. How I pray that you young men and young women, how I pray that you may catch the mantle from the fathers. May you do greater works than we have done. That's why I'm so happy to see thousands of young men and women giving their lives to Jesus. I sat close to my brother, Pastor Moses Chulu and his wife, and I said, this is what our nation, our continent needs. And I saw Pastor Victoria Chiluba in tears when she saw the souls coming, giving their lives to Jesus. We have lost the cutting edge as a church. We are busy preaching on prosperity and not on salvation and not on the kingdom of God. And the prosperity we talk about, it is self-selfishness. Because true prosperity is found in Genesis 12, verse 3, where God says to Abraham, Through you, nations shall be blessed. If it is true that prosperity came from God, then it's coming to pass through you to bless the nations, to bless the kingdom. But the prosperity we preach, it is for self. Ladies and gentlemen, as we conclude with David, God says to David, David, I don't have a problem with you. You are a man after my heart, but I have a problem with the seat you are sitting on. You are okay, but the seat is not okay. The man who sat here before you came, his name so he killed this seat is full of blood. You can change leaders. You will not save anything if you don't deal with that seat. to prophesy to South Africa and to the continent of Africa. I hear the Lord say, I hear the Lord say, lift it up, lift it. I hear the Lord say, deal with the seats of your nation. Your seat is not innocent. It has issues. It has blood. Ladies and gentlemen, 
you may get this president out and I'm not saying you will ever get a perfect president because flesh is flesh and I'm not in politics I'm just bringing the word of the Lord you will change men but you will not change the situation you will change presidents in the government in political parties but as long as you don't deal with the seats the one who is going to come sit on the seat like David an anointed man but it will not work until we deal with the root South Africa I came to prophesy I came to preach the word of God where are the men where are the women why are we so narrow why are we looking the other time the other one was a problem now this one is a problem do you believe the third and fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh will be okay without dealing with the seed the foundations the roots This is the word the Lord gave me midnight. He woke me up from my bed. And I know when God speaks to me, and even the coming out of bed, it's not like, like that. Even if I'm tired, I just jumped out. Where are the men of God? Who will come across denominations who love their nation? And do we raise the seat to God? Why have you put so much faith in man? You are looking for the best man? Really? Really? Some trust in chariots and others in horses. But we remember the name of the Lord our God. Cursed be any man who puts his faith in man. He will never see the salvation, the prosperity of God. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, this is how... God responds. It is on account of Saul and his blood-stained house. It is because he put the Gibeonites to death. The problem is the seat. You can change leaders, but if you do not deal with the seat, you have not dealt with anything. The seat has issues. For David's case, he's, the seat had innocent people's blood. What seat now as an individual are you sitting on? Let's live along the nations. Let's look at you as a person. What seat are you sitting on? Every man and woman has a seat he or she is sitting on. What issues is your seat carrying? 
innocent blood innocent blood is your seats which is carrying you has issues of witchcraft as a root in your life and family is it idolatry I have no problem with you I know you are born again I know you love Jesus I know you are sincere but the things that you touch they never work you work very hard and you harvest nothing you are beautiful you are humble submissive well taught but your marriage cannot stand what issues what seat are you sitting on what seat is that that your marriage is sitting on my sister my brother my daughter things are not working out all your life you go to the hospitals they will tell you we have found no illness or no cause for that illness but you are constantly having miscarriages or barren they have done all the scanning and everybody is saying your womb is correct your tubes are open the sperm count of your husband it's excellent but things are not working what could it be could it be a seat has issues Is it that your seat has ancestral worship issues that interfere? Is it corruption? But I brought some good news. There is no seat that the blood of Jesus cannot cleanse. There is no seat, whether national seat, whether mayor seat, whether your family seat, whether an individual seat. I came to say there is power in the blood of Jesus. There is no altar, there is no demonic altar that cannot bow before the altar of God that's why God did something very unusual no one carried the ark of God unceremoniously and was left to go without being dead or killed Uzzah was one of them who was killed because he tried to help the ark to stay in place. God is saying, I don't need your help. You do not, you do not destroy my word because you have got good reason. Come, two, two brothers come. Now, God says, I have decided, carry this, sit, lift it up. I have decided to break my rules. What happens when God breaks his own rules? It's okay. decided 
to break my own rules, I will allow the uncircumcised Philistines to carry my ark and I'm not going to kill any of them. The uncircumcised Philistines, they carried the ark. And the Bible says they took it straight into the temple of Dagon. They said we have subdued God of Israel. We are more powerful than the God of Israel. This is the ark that helped them do many miracles. Now you shall bow. Put it upside down. And this is, for example, this is their God, Dagon. So they put the ark of God. In other words, before Dagon, we have subdued you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what is happening. What a shame. What a reproach. What an embarrassment. The church at moment seems to be subdued. They pass laws, whether they are for Christ, they pass laws, anti-Christ laws. We are the majority as a church, but we have no voice. We have been silenced. What kind of continent are we going to leave to our children? What kind of nation are we going to live? As you look at me now, not only do I have four daughters, I have seven grandchildren. What are we going to leave to them? Are we going to leave Africa better than we found it? Where are the leaders who when they go into power, they go to the throne. It's not about themselves. They have a heart. They have a passion to leave the nation better than they found it. human evils have now become human rights where are the prophets who will preach the word the bible says they loved not their lives even to the point of death they are not in ministry because they want money, because they want favors. They understand one day they will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we will give an account. of God is in the house and I came to tell you this is a day of deliverance it is a day of resurrection it is a day of jubilee 
We are not just here for ourselves. We are here for the nation of South Africa, the continent of Africa, and the nations of the world. They weren't, they were excited. They were having, they were having some champagne. We have overcome the ark Israel. We have dealt with the root of Israel. The root of Israel was the ark and we have dealt with it. They were so happy. Now they are coming in the morning to see what is happening. Ladies and gentlemen, midnight, they found Dagon had fallen, had fallen. Dagon had bowed before God. I came to prophesy as long as God lives, Jesus is alive. Every power in South Africa, in Zambia, in Tanzania, all over the world, Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is the hope of our world. I came to prophesy that that dragon that has troubled your life, troubled your family, is bowing, is bowing. That dragon in your family, that dragon in your marriage, that dragon in South Africa, that dragon. They said, Dagon, don't behave this way. You have embarrassed us. They try to rearrange. They are occultic. They are witchcraft. They are sacrifices. They rearranged. And the Lord said, I'll show you that it was not an accident. This time, I will show you. Dagon again, midnight fell. But now the head was cut off. The hands were cut off. I came to tell you, the hands are cutting off from that witchcraft that has oppressed your marriage. From that head that has been monitoring your progress and movements. The head is cut. Is it not written in Colossians 2.15 that Jesus by the cross, he disarmed all the principalities and all the powers. You can take it. Just lift it up. Just put Give him praise. Give Jehovah praise. I say give Jehovah praise. Because your life shall never be the same. Because Jesus is risen. Jesus is our hope. Every demonic power, every witchcraft, every satanic force. How I pray that God will raise Christians, believers, who shall invade the 
Babylonian system. How I pray that God will raise our young men and young women who shall become members of parliament, those who love the Lord, cabinet ministers, diplomats, judges, lawyers, entrepreneurs, millionaires, billionaires. I have come to the end of the word, but let me ask these questions. What is it that has been coming to your life continuously, repeatedly? Secondly, what is it that you have accepted as a status quo in your life? Thirdly, do you know that time cannot change your situation? Only God can change the situation. Jesus, our hope for the world will change the situation. Fourthly, have you inquired of the Lord? When did you declare a three day of prayer and fasting to inquire of the Lord concerning your marriage? Concerning your son? Concerning your daughter. Number five. Could it be you are okay, you are right, sincere and genuine, but the foundations you are seated on, the seat where are the men and women? who love South Africa so passionately will be bold and courageous. Do you really expect politicians to see things better than the church? Are we not the seers? Are we not the prophet as a church collectively? Did not kings run to prophets to inquire? Why should it be the opposite that the prophets are now going to the kings? We are now going to the government and waiting for answers from the government when the government is supposed to come to us. Who has bewitched the church? made the church compromise why is it so easy for politicians to buy pastors and bishops they give them envelopes and they silence them could it be you are seated on a seat no doubt many nations and since the Lord woke me up this midnight South Africa hear the word of the Lord deal with the seed how you will deal with it 
the apostles, the bishops will know. And I pray how you will not just do it without the representatives of government who will be willing to come and repent on behalf of the nation concerning this seat and what it has done to the people of South Africa. This word is not only for South Africa, it is true for our continent, Africa, true for Zambia, true for Tanzania, true for Malawi. But God chose this platform to bring this word. I want to pray for you, my sister. I cannot bring such a word with a burden. I wept before the Lord midnight. And I, did, I didn't want to disturb my wife, but she just got, she just had to wake up and begin to pray. I don't know when I last wept the way I wept. I wept. Therefore, I know, I know, I cannot just bring this message to you so as to feel good. And I know as I've been preaching, the chains have been breaking. There is deliverance. There is healing. But I want you, if you are saying, prophet of God, this is my word. Enough is enough. This nonsense must stop. This barrenness, this sickness, this illness, I don't know what it is. Please come to the altar now. Please come with your bags, come with your money, your phone, and your children. Don't leave anything valuable behind because the altar has already been sanctified. This is holy ground. I just want to break that power. You shall testify that Jesus is our hope. Jesus is risen from the dead. Come, start walking. From everywhere, come and move. Come and receive your healing. Come and receive your deliverance. Come. Today is a day of your miracle. Today is a day of your deliverance. Today is a day of your breakthrough. Today is the end. It's not by might. It is not by power. But by the Spirit of God. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is the hope of South Africa. Jesus is the hope of Africa. Jesus is the hope of the whole world. Ladies and gentlemen, I came to declare that which has oppressed you shall not cross you again. That which oppressed you, never again. Never again. What you accepted, never again. That sickness you accepted, never again. That oppression you accepted, never again. That misery you accepted, never again. That poverty you accepted, never again.
never again. I said never again.